0: On top of the Zach Levine trade rumors that came out yesterday from both Shams and Casey Johnson, we got Darnell Mayberry adding in the fact that sources are telling him that the Chicago Bulls may have a very different roster within the next month. We're going to talk about that, plus we're going to preview the game against the Orlando Magic and dive into the mailbag. All that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bull Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host here, Hayes. But more importantly, you guys can follow the channel at Bull Central Pod on every social media platform we happen to be on. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into the content for today. And so uh after a a interesting evening, after you know Sham's uh, report came out about the Zach uh and, and the Chicago Bulls being more open to a trade than ever before. Um, of course, that has naturally led it to a lot of places of, of course, a lot a lot of trade deals and 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 uh you know packages and things like that and rumors have come out and especially from fans saying, hey, the bulls could try to get this guy and that guy and this guy. Then on top of that, you know, we also got Shams adding in. Well, actually, let's go ahead and play the video now.
1: I'm told teams have begun probing the Bulls on the availability of Zach Levine, and I'm told there is increased openness from both Levine and the Bulls on a trade. Most of the NBA's general managers are here in Chicago today. That's where conversations are expected to begin uh, in in earnest as this season begins. And teams that are expected to have a level of interest in Levine, I'm told, the Lakers, Heat, and 76ers. So the Bulls, 4-7. and There's obviously this uncertainty around Levine. And also DeMar DeRozan. He's on an expiring contract. They're not close in extension talks. And I think DeRozan also wants to see in what direction is this organization going in. And so the sense around the league is whether it's Levine or DeRozan or both, there could be movement in Chicago sooner than later.
0: So Shams, you know, saying the teams that are expected to be uh, interested, he listed the Miami Heat, uh, the, the, the Philadelphia 76ers, and the Los Angeles Lakers. I'm going to also add the, uh, the, the, the Knicks to that as well. We've heard that the Knicks have been interested in Zach Levine for years now. But, you know, the thing that came in on the tail end of that is that DeMar DeRozan waiting to see what the direction of this team is before basically re-upping with the team. And, you know, keeping in, we've also had now rumors to come in as well that the Bulls are interested in, in, in maybe keeping DeMar DeRozan, even if they do move Zach. But Shams, uh, you know, throwing in at the end of that video that one or and or both of them may be moved and, and which one comes first is still up in air. And so what that tells me, and kind of looking at and in, into all of this and, and seeing what it means um I think it just means that the bulls are are realizing that that what we've all been saying this core does not work together and they're they're open to moving a piece depending on how it changes the mix up of the core what is this also tells me is that a full rebuild probably may not st- may still not be coming. I've been telling you guys, I think that is really unlikely with this for an office that a full rebuild comes. I do think that they may be looking at what they can get for either player and seeing how that may change the direction of the roster soon. But let's keep in mind, a trade is not imminent. Even in Darnell Mayberry's uh comment saying that within a month. You know why it says that within a month? is because that December 15th date where You know, newly signed players and things like that are able to be included in deals. That's going to open up more trade possibilities and destinations potentially for the Chicago Bulls if they do move either player. So do not expect or or take this news to mean that a trade is going to be happening in the next week or so because it's highly unlikely that's going to happen. I would say the most likely case is. If Zach Levine is moved, it won't come until after mid-December, which means we have another month. Exactly. It's, it's November 15th of really looking at this roster, may maybe doing some evaluation to see what it is and fielding what those potential deals could be. It doesn't mean that a, 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 the framework of a deal could not be agreed on. They probably won't make it public until then, but do not be surprised if it's th- that December 15th date. Is when uh, after that is when something goes down, if something's even to happen. And you guys know, I'm always like to be realistic with you guys. I want to make sure that you also understand that there's still a high probability that nothing happens, right? Hearing that the Bulls are open to the trade, right? And more open than ever before, it's not like that saying that we're just looking to move pieces for, no matter what, we're just trying to re that's what a rebuild is, is that you're selling off pieces. You're not going to come out and say that. But I do think that the Bulls are, are, are gauging things and they're trying to pick and see which. Uh, package and which move could lead them in whatever they feel should be the next direction of the team. But like I said, I threw this over to Pat, the designer over on Locked on Bulls. I'm going to throw it to you guys as well. A full rebuild. Let's say a full rebuild does come. Do you trust A.K. and Eversley in a full rebuild to draft well enough for us to get out of it sooner rather than later? Right. That's also plays a part into it as well. Um, so there's a couple of different things going on there's a, a nice article from Stephen no as well as far as some of the uh, the other teams that could be involved in and trade packages as well and I like the teams that he has here there's, it's a pretty solid uh, uh, uh list of teams that all make sense for for Zach Levine he, he brings up the Phil- the Philadelphia 76ers which is a good one here we know that the 76ers are looking to some of the assets they got in the James Harden trade to, to uh, aggregate those salaries to then go in and bring in another player. They also have some draft capital as well. They got two first round picks that they could offer for the Chicago Bulls. Now those picks are further down the road and we actually have a text message that we'll get into in the mailbag talking about how far out those picks are. And actually I think that that may be a good thing when you kind of look at it but we'll get into that. But so the 76ers definitely we know that they are a team that's interested in Seems like we've heard before it could be OG Ananobi or Zach Levine that they really focus on. It's come out since the Zach Levine trade rumors that they're not in any type of rush to just rush a Zach Levine deal. So look out for that as well. The Lakers, you always expect the Lakers to be in this talk outside of their fans. The media is definitely going to list the Lakers in as far as any type of uh, potential destination for almost any star because, you know, the media has their their Lakers agenda. But, you know, the, the, the Lakers only have two first-round picks that they can offer. It's a 2029 and a 2030 first-round pick. Now, again, I, I'm going to touch on this a little bit in a voicemail, but while I do think that this is—the the reason why I'm not too mad at those deals being farther off is because that's also would coincide with Zach Levine's deal coming off the books, which means that if the Zach Levine experiment doesn't work with the Lakers or whatever team that they go to, uh, that he's off the, he would be off that team's book, and that team could be in a potential— or, or, or another rebuild type scenario, right? And those picks could be extremely valuable. He lists D'Angelo Russell, Roo, Hachimura as some as some players that could be uh, included in that. It makes sense. Uh, to me, Austin Reeves ha- would have to be involved in any of that as well, but we'll end up seeing. Uh, also, the Indiana Pacers are listed as a surprise one. I don't know if I like this one. I, I understand why Stephen No put it in the article, but again, considering they have Ty- Tyrese Halliburton and Ben Matherin, and they're definitely not including Ben Matherin, in any deal, I don't know if they look to bring in Zach Levine uh, to do that. Maybe they feel comfortable moving Ben Mathurin to the three. He, he he mentions in this article Bruce Brown and Buddy Hill to be uh, to get to the Zach Levine salary number, and then they uh, include some some picks that they can. Then even then, uh, they got two first round picks that they could they could include in that. Uh, I mean that technically kind of coincides with some of what the Bulls want, right? The Toronto Raptors are listed on here again. The Bulls and the Raptors are two teams that. Both their rosters kind of yeah don't really fit the way, so maybe they could look to do a deal to kind of maybe mix up some things with with, with themselves. I, I don't know if I really like that one. They have Pascal Siakam here. Again, Pascal's not a bad player at all. I mean, he is older, I think, than Zach Levine, so that would up that situation. But, you know, interesting there. Miami Heat's also listed here. We already know what they have to offer. It'll be Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero and uh a 2028 and 2030 uh first round picks that they can offer those are the only two uh, uh uh first round picks that they can offer in trades and then he has surprisingly the golden state warriors listed on here now that's interesting case i don't know if i see that they li- he lists that uh clay thompson is an expiring contract so maybe the I-, I don't i just don't for me i don't see the golden state warriors coming off a player that was been so important for their culture but you know expiring contract could maybe do some things. They have a first round pick in 2028 and 2026 that they can add in it um, as well as something from Portland. So you see with that one, I don't know how I feel about it, but you know, it is what it is when it comes down to that. But those are kind of some of the the destinations that have been listed for Levine. And I also want to address this. I've seen some uh, trade ideas from fans to say, well, let's, let's package Alice Crusoe and Zach Levine and let's get them over and potentially LA or whatever else. And, Really, when you look at Zach Levine and, and Alice Caruso's contracts, there's almost no deal out there from respective teams that wouldn't put the Bulls into the luxury tax if you're sending out both those players. So that may be something to look out for there as well. Like I said, I don't think a trade is imminent. We're not I don't I wouldn't expect that we're gonna be talking about even if a trade does happen, we're not gonna be talking about it anytime soon within the next few weeks. But you never know. So keep your eyes out on that. Uh we also have a voicemail we'll dig into a little bit more as well. But Getting to the next thing, we do face off against the Orlando Magic today. In the first of two games we face against them, we face them today, and then we turn around and face them on Friday. The Friday game is an in-season tournament game, so look out for that. But DeMar DeRozan is out in this game. This is only going to be the 15th game that DeMar DeRozan has missed since he's been in the Chicago Bulls uniform. This is now his third season here. Uh, the Bulls are 6-8 and eight so far without DeMar DeRozan since he became a member of the Chicago Bulls, so take that for what, what you will. But the, 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 the game plan really doesn't change much when it comes to the Chicago Bulls, as far as what they need to do to take care of business: defend, limit turnovers, get points off uh, second chance point, uh, get second chance points, get points off turnovers. Uh, if you play that solid defense and you can and you're converting turnovers and turning those into points for your team, that always puts the Bulls in the proper situation. Limit turnovers yourself, shoot the ball effectively. The biggest thing that I'm looking for in this game is who now steps into that starting lineup with DeMar DeRozan being out, right? Do you go up, uh, uh, maybe move Alex Caruso if he's even available to the to the one? You move Kobe to the three, and Zach Levine slides the, to the. Uh, I'm sorry, you move Kobe to the two. Zach Levine slides down to the three. You're keeping Tory Kragan and Nikola Vucevic in there. Or considering the w- the the play of Patrick Williams as of late, right? Consider he had his best game probably on the season in the last game, albeit in a loss. Do you now move Patrick Williams into that starting lineup? In the at the 3, right, or maybe even at the 4, move Torrey Craig to the 3, and see now what Patrick Williams does when you have a player that takes as many shots as DeMar DeRozan, right around 18 shots per game, and do you now see what Patrick Williams does with actually, you probably have to factor him into your offensive game plan at that point. I'm not saying that Patrick Williams is just going to get the 18 shots, I think he's going to be split between Patrick Williams and Kobe White in that scenario, but then do you move Patrick Williams to your starting lineup or do you do something different, right? Io DeSumo, if Alex Caruso's out, he's another candidate that could be moving to that starting lineup. I wouldn't say necessarily start him at the one. I think you may bring him in at the two, slide Levine to the three. Io's uh, also played a lot of three as well coming off the bench, so maybe you just put him at, at the three with his length and defense. So there's a couple of different options and scenarios in front of the Bulls. But like I said, the game plan against Orlando Magic primarily stays the same. They're going to be missing Wendell Carter Jr. You want to get feed the big man Vooch as much as you can. You got to play defense. You got to rebound the ball and shoot the ball effectively. Take the smart shots once again. Don't just take the shots to be taking them. Be smart in how you operate your offense. And I think that that could take the Bulls much further in this game. This is a, a team that, while the Orlando Magic aren't, haven't been world beaters by any stretch of the imagination this season, this is always a team that plays us tough, right? And they're a team that right now on the season has more wins than the Chicago Bulls. They're a 500 team. They're 5 and 5 on the season so far. So not too much above the Chicago Bulls, but. Again, this is a one of those matchups where you want to see the Bulls take care of business, and I, I wish that I could say that 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 I would just I could trust that they do that, but it's hard to do that when it's the Chicago, Chicago Bulls because they just don't they don't execute every game um, very well, right? That you have games, you have stretches of them executing extremely well. I do say they played with a lot of heart in that last game, but we'll see. The Orlando Magic coming in is one of the worst offenses in the NBA. They're actually worse than the Chicago Bulls, so. You know the Bulls' defense. You would like to think is going to be able to come in and hopefully do some things against the Orlando Magic. Um, again, their defense either isn't amazing. It isn't terrible either. The Orlando Magic are actually, uh, per uh, points per game, they're uh they're one of the top uh, uh, six teams in the NBA as far as only allowing 107 points per game. But their offense hasn't been scoring a lot either. So let's see what the Chicago Bulls can come in and do. I want to see them execute. That's the biggest thing. Uh, you want to see Zach play big. You want to see uh, Nikola Vucevic be able to take advantage of them missing their starter center, even though they still have some length that can bother Nikola Vucevic. And then you want to see how the role players are going to play. Is the bench unit going to keep up the intensity that we've seen them play with as well? Those are some things we're looking for against the uh, for the Bulls against the Orlando Magic. But before we go, let's go ahead and get into the voicemail bag. Uh, well, the mail bag overall, we got one voicemail, one text message. We're going to get into the voicemail now. This one's from Kev God, I think is what he called himself. Let's go play and
1: play that it, now. Ms. Kev Godd, the Bulls should never, had never have signed Zach Levine to the max contract two years ago. Mac, Zach Levine is not a max player, never was, never been, always been on a losing team. The Bulls should have signed it and traded Zach Levine and let him walk. And they maybe could have been in the run. They could have been in the runner for Wimber and maybe could have even got him. Because if you're not winning the championship or competing for the championship, no point even making the playoffs in the NBA because you need to have a top five pick. To even get a superstar, to even get a chance to run for a championship. Zach Levine is not that, never been. I don't know why Bulls fans even thought Zach Levine was a max player or a superstar elite player. Zach Levine is nothing but Andrew Wicks. Put him on a championship team where he could be the third option, that's where he'll flourish at. The number two option on a championship team, mm, still iffy about that, because he's going to have some nice, he's going to have lead. But the third option on a championship team, that's perfect. Because that's what he is anyway. He's 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 very Bulls fans overrated him just like they overrated Pat. The Bulls the Bulls still have traded Pat Williams two years ago or a year ago when he still had trade value. The Bulls have traded Zach Levine two years ago. The Bulls fans overrate their players just like Bears fans do, and uh, most Bulls fans don't even know nothing about basketball because I don't know why anybody thought Zach LaVine was fucking good. I was calling for Zach Levine to get signed and traded two years ago. Now, look, now they're going trade him out when we don't even know who's coming up in the upcoming draft. The best play in the upcoming draft was Wimba. That was, that was a year ago. And if you ain't think about the NBA, it's always one year, some uh, an elite talent come out in the draft. Next year, nope. Then next year, maybe. And then next year, yep. The, the elite talent was Wimba a year ago. This year is no elite player. Next year, who knows? Dallas going to be a elite player again. A generational talent, I should say. The Bulls missed their chance. They fucked up. Should've, should've, after that, after they lost, they shouldn't even sign there, but after they lost to Milwaukee that first time, and the playoffs should have been gone. You should have blew it up then because they came back and didn't even fix the team. And then at the end, now they just went into the season, and then they just signed it. But you've been to trade Zach now. Yeah, y'all never even made the team better. Y'all still the same team y'all was two years ago. You're older. Shit, Dom. Just trade them boys a year ago. Now what they got Now what they got to hope for is they can trade Zach, then trade DeMar for an expiring contract. Because and, and, and cause somebody going to want DeMar because he's an expiring contract. If I'm not mistaken, he got a year left on his deal. So somebody want him. Ain't nobody gonna want Voot as good because he's not an expiring contract. So, because at that point, even holding on to Voot, just what they need to do should did it two years ago. Okay, so this is the type of
0: reactionary thing from fans that don't really think about the scope and details of things. So to say that the Bulls should have should have signed and traded Zach Levine, let me let me be clear on this. Once you reach that point, a sign and trade is the last thing you want for a player that still has value around the league. Now. You can say, and I can understand people saying, well, the bull should have looked to blow this up before it got to this point. I can understand that. But if you're specifically talking about a sign-and-trade for Zach Levine, let me tell you why you didn't want to be in that scenario. In a sign-and-trade, you can only acquire salary back worth half the base-level compensation. Meaning, Zach Levine, if I'm not mistaken, let me, let me look this up real quick. Zach Levine's first year on this contract was a little over $30 million. So you're looking at only being able to take back about $18 million in salary. That's not that's not smart. It's just not smart practice. Now, if you just have a player that's going to walk anyway, a la the Laurie marketing situation where Laurie was going to go regardless, right? Then, yes, you want to try to work a signing trade. The Bulls and Zach Levine, and, and the, the the notion that Zach Levine is not a Max player, I've talked about this before, we got to come off what we think our expectations are for a Max player because in the modern NBA, Zach, the, the, the Max players don't just go to number one. Like, you even brought up Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins got his Max. It wasn't as big as Zach Levine's max because he didn't have a contract as high, but he got the max. And so that's what you want to look at. Zach Levine's contract, actually, as salaries keep increasing, is it looks more and more valuable. But again, when we're talking about specifically the sign-and-trade scenario, you don't want to, you, like I said, for a player that if you truly think still has value around the league and you, 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 you sign them and then you look to move them later, and the reason why is because of that only being able to take half the base-level compensation back. That's just, that's not going to cut it. So, um, no, that would have put the Bulls in an even worse situation. And then saying, should have tanked for Wimby, I get what you're coming at with that. Don't get me wrong. I understand where you're coming from with the Bulls. Should have tanked for Wimby. It's a generational talent, things like that. But I'll say this even in moving Zach Levine, the Bulls wouldn't have been as bad to, to get Victor Wimbyama. They just wouldn't have been. So, yeah, Zach Levine's first year in his contract was $37 million. So at that point, you're looking at being able to to take back, yeah, about $18, $19 million in salary you're taking back. And, again, that's just not worth it and, and unless you're getting tons of first-round picks back, which I don't think you would have gotten for Zach considering coming off injury, things like that. So it made more sense to sign him and then try to move him if that was your long-term play. Now, again, to say that you know the Bulls fans, first of all, don't come on this show attacking Bulls fans. That's not what we do here. This platform is built off Bulls fans. We're not going to attack them. Because at the end of the day, again, you got to see it. You can't see. You're not seeing the forest through the trees. And I understand we live in a place where fans are just, "Don't just trade them. Just blow it all up. Just do." It. It's not always that simple. You have to be strategic. And another thing you don't is want a front office that's constantly reactionary. You want to be strategic. This move in moving Zach Levine, they have to get this right for not only the present, but for the future as well. If they do eventually trade Zach Levine, they have to make sure they get it right. And as far as Nikola Vucevic, no. Nikola Vucevic is still one of the best centers in the NBA. And had the Bulls not re-signed them, they wouldn't have been in a place to replace him at all. Now, again, a very value contract that can absolutely be moved if necessary. Again, Bulls fans, we got to chill on thinking, like, it's not usually what you think it is. But, again, I understand the frustration. I definitely understand the point of this, this franchise should have picked a direction before we hit rock bottom which I still think we could be even worse than right now. And and they're going to pay for that to a degree. But let's hope that this is coming out now that they are picking a direction. And in that, that direction, they have to get this next direction right. If they don't, it's going to be ugly. It's going to be real ugly. All right, let's get into the next one. This one's a text message from Jabroni7744. He says this. Hey, Hayes, this is Jabroni744. I'm seeing a lot of trade rumors, and most of the time it involves picks as far out as 2028-29, not to mention they are protected. Is that just smoke, or is that really what we we can expect? If we're not going to get new players sooner than 2028 and 2029, is it even worth the trade? Thanks for the content. We appreciate the grind. Okay, here's what I'll say. In specifically the Zach Levine context, we've always heard that they want a young player now. So you're going to get a player now. I also think it ups the value of your own first-round picks, but but kind of what I talked about in the first segment, one of the reasons why, again, it's not ideal. I, don't want, I would hope the Bulls can get first-round picks sooner than 2028-29, but one of the reasons why it may work is that, and I know fans aren't going to necessarily be happy with it right away, is that if Zach Levine does go to a team, more than likely he's going to be traded to a team that is at, trying to add him to a solid core already so they feel like they can make a championship push, right? And so, 2028-29 20, is, is when Zach Levine's contract will come off the books. So, theoretically, the Bulls may be hoping, and again, there goes that word hope again, which this franchise does a lot, is that by then whatever version that team is it doesn't work and then now you're getting a potentially maybe even a lottery pick from a team that yeah they just got done having their 3 years of making playoff runs but then they're bad again and then if they're bad you are now getting the lottery picks from those teams that have now had their run with Zach and now you are um now you are reaping the benefits of them potentially Going into what would be a rebuild at that point in time so that's just something a a different perspective to take on it on i don't think i hope that the bulls can get something back sooner rather than later especially in the 2024 draft i'm sorry 2025 draft is which is expected to be really good again and and so you know we'll see what happens with that um yeah we'll see what happens and so that's my time for today guys make sure you guys are following the show at bull central pod you can send us any feedback questions comments concerns bullsintrapod at gmail.com and lastly if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail the number to do so 773-270-2799 we are the number one spot for everything chicago bulls related thanks to you guys and like i to in every episode on go bulls love you guys see you right if you can y'all peace this has been a presentation of the break break media